I don't, I don't have much mission experience in other countries or anything like that. And so I, I was raised a little bit differently, even though I went to church growing up. I, I didn't really understand what missions were, what the importance of it was. And then at 19 years old, I, I had this experience with Jesus, and it changes my life. And I go to this Christian school in Kansas City, Mid-American Nazarene, and, and I'm 21 years old, and a friend of mine comes to me and says, hey, we should go on a mission trip. And I'm like, ah. I've never been out of the country. That, that doesn't sound like something for me. He goes, no, really, this is going to be a really, really good one. I think we should, we should think about it. It's to this country called San Francisco. And now we're in Kansas, and literally San Francisco is another country. I mean, we're, we're, I'm like, really, San Francisco? So I agree with my friend, and we go to the initial meeting, and they begin to tell us all the stuff we're going to be doing, and they're telling us about all the homeless, the terrible homeless situation in San Francisco, and I grew up in Topeka, Kansas. We had a homeless person, and everyone knew him, so it wasn't like I understood what homelessness was, and so I'm thinking, all this homelessness, I don't know much about San Francisco except I could see the Golden Gate Bridge on TV, you know, stuff like that. And so I'm not sure, but I, I go to a few of the meetings and I finally decide, yeah, okay, well, we'll go. And so I raise the money and we get ready for this trip and we fly out to San Francisco and I loved it because it was the middle of the winter in, in Kansas and it felt like spring in San Francisco even though all the people in San Francisco thought it was cold but we thought it was warm and so we get off the plane, we're, we're going to our place, we're going to stay in this, this little church right in the middle of the heart of San Francisco and, and that very first night we have to go to a soup kitchen and we worked in one every night throughout that week and the very first night they just throw us in and we show up at this this soup kitchen and you've got to serve, you've got to make the soup, you've got to serve it. And then, and then there's other people that have to go out and clean the tables and that's the job I got. They said, you go out, wipe off the tables. And, and my teacher was like, hey, just make sure when you're out there, talk to people, be nice to them. You know, you remember you're here to share the love of Jesus. I was like, I can do that. I can do that. So Early in the night, I, I see this guy, and I go up, and I say, hey, how you doing? I introduced myself, and he was super friendly. I mean, like a little too friendly. He, like, would put his arm on my shoulder, and he was, I don't like close talking, in case you're wondering. I like to have my personal space, and he was really close, kept having to back up, and, and we are talking. It was, you know, normal conversation, and he goes, so what are you, you doing here? Why, why are you at a soup kitchen? I said, well, I'm actually working here at the soup kitchen. We're here from Kansas, and he goes, Oh, and then he, then he winks at me, a very strange wink, and he goes, well, you are awfully cute to be working at a soup kitchen. And I said, I'm ready to go back to Kansas City now. And that was the first night. Luckily, things got better after that. But actually, I went to a different area, and, and we served. And then that, that night was the first night I really experienced something that I don't think I'd ever felt up until that point in my young life, we went, as we got back to the church we were staying at, there's a park across the street, and the park was empty when we got there. When we left to go serve at soup kitchen, it was empty. When we came back to the church, it was literally packed full of homeless people. I could not believe it. We were in awe. And then we took waters, we took some food, and we just went out into the park, and we talked to them. We gave them what we had, and we prayed with them. And it was amazing what happened in those hours of giving. It wasn't giving much, but it was giving something. And it's amazing when you take what you have and you give it, 
it is life-changing. It's life-giving, especially when you take the love of Jesus and you share that. It changes not only the person you're talking to, but it changes your life. And as we've been talking about missions all weekend, I want to talk about our mission here at our church, Lost Flores Church. Our mission statement, if you come here on a regular basis, you hear me say it all the time. It's to know the love of Christ and to make that love known. It's very simple, but I love our mission statement. It was this when we came. I didn't make this. I love this mission statement. It's really two parts. It's to know the love of Christ is one, and then to make that love known. It's the second part of the mission statement. Well, the first part, to know the love of Christ. I really think it takes two parts of that. It's you have to experience the love of Christ, and then you have to grow in that love. And so it's, it's two parts. You experience it, and I think that experience comes in lots of different ways. Everyone, it's a little bit different. My experience, when I experienced Jesus, I, I already shared it a little bit, but I was 19 years old. I'm sitting in a church service in Topeka, Kansas. It was a night service, and I will never forget it because I remember in that moment thinking my life will never be the same. It's like Jesus met me there, and it was just boom, something's going to change. My life went from this Chris Walton to a completely different Chris Walton in that experience. Now, I had to grow after that. Now, my wife, Lisa, her experience was, was different. She grew up in the church, and she always believed. She always had this relationship with Jesus, and she grew up with that. She doesn't remember just one moment of boom, but at one point during high school, when she was 17 years old, she had this time where she thought, I, I missed that relationship. I've gotten away from it. And she had this, this renewal where she decided, I've got to start growing again. And she, at that point, made a decision to start. We all have these different experiences with Jesus, but that experience is, is key. But you can't just have the experience without the growth. In John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to this really important guy in the church. His name is Nicodemus. He's, he's, a, he's a teacher of the law. He knows all the answers of religion. He's got all of that down. But here, this guy is all these Jewish leaders at the time. They were watching Jesus. Most of them hated Jesus. But here, this guy is watching him going, there's something different about this guy. And so he sets up a meeting with Jesus at night, so none of his colleagues will see him. And he meets Jesus at night, and, and he begins to ask these questions like, how in the world do you get salvation? And Jesus gives him this answer, well, you need to be born again. Born again. That's a, that's a weird phrase. You probably see it from the guy at the sign in the corner, right? You need to be born again. But basically what Jesus was telling him is you need a spiritual rebirth. It's like starting over and going, man, we need this spiritual rebirth. It's a completely new thing in your life. And so this idea of being born again is almost like starting over. It's this spiritual rebirth. And then Jesus makes it really simple for Nicodemus. And he says, you must believe. That's really where it starts. He says, the John 3, 16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Belief. You have to believe to start. Jesus is the son of God. Do you believe that? That's that, that initial experience, and that begins this spiritual rebirth. And we can believe. There's lots of people that believe, but it can't just 
stay there because you can't really know Jesus if you just say, I believe, but I never take any time to grow in that. And I believe that's the second part of knowing the love of Christ is you have the experience and now you grow on purpose. You work at it. You, you embrace it. Anything worthwhile, as all our dads said, right? Anything worthwhile takes effort. You got to work at it. And so you have Paul, the Apostle Paul. We've all heard of Paul. He wrote the majority of the books in the New Testament. He was the first missionary. He went out and he's, he changed the world because he went out into the world as a missionary. And he had, he had this amazing experience. Right on the road to Damascus, Paul literally gets knocked to the ground by Jesus in this blinding light. And he has this experience, but it doesn't stop there. He goes from that experience to going, and now he's meeting with all the apostles, and he's growing. He, he didn't go from the experience to the mission field. He went from the experience to this time of, of growth and getting to know Jesus, the one he had the experience with. And, and so in Philippians 1.6, it's this letter Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. He said, I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. What he's saying is, hey, God starts this, you have this experience, he's not done with you. It's going to keep growing, it's going to keep working in you, and you have to want that to happen. And so how do we grow in the love of Jesus so that we truly know the love of Jesus? Well, like I've already said, it takes personal effort. And then spend time in his word. Read God's word. Understand it. If you have to read other books to help you understand it, do that. Ask questions. Spend time with other believers. Glean from other believers. Engage in groups. We have life groups, and that's the purpose of them is to get together and grow with other people. Pray together. Grow together. Worship together. Come to church. There's an easy one, right? Come to church, and, and you're going to be together. You're going to worship together. We're going to pray together. We're going to we're going to learn together each week. Now, it takes time. It doesn't just happen. And it's kind of a really a lifelong adventure. <laughs> we all have these ups and downs. And I love what Paul says to the church in Philippi. He says, I pray that your love <clears throat> will overflow more and more. That you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous care produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. What Paul's prayer is for the church in Philippi? Growth. He's praying that, man, you've had this experience. You know him now. Man, let it just grow in you so that you really know him and then it comes spilling out of you. His love will overflow more and more. So our mission statement is to know the love of Christ. That was a lot to say, just to know the love of Christ, right? And then to make his love known. That's the second part of it. Uh, the second part is to take this experience, take this love that you've experienced and now share it with other people. It's that simple. And 
Now, we can share it in many, many ways. Paul gives us just a snapshot from his life in Philippians. He says, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. See, Paul's purpose was to spread the good news. He had this experience, right? He experienced, he grew in the love of Jesus, and now he responded to that. Paul's a missionary. He's going out into the world, but then they stopped him, right? Hey, here he is sharing the love of Jesus, and then they arrest him, and they put him in chains. And so what does Paul do when he's in chains? He tells everyone in there about Jesus. His love continues to flow. Now, he's still a missionary, it's just that his target audience has changed, right? Instead of going to all these different towns, now he's in the palace garden. He's still... And the truth is, we have missionaries. And the Church of Nazarene does an amazing job supporting our missionaries and sending our missionaries out. But in reality, we are all missionaries. We are all called to simply share the love of Jesus, this love that we have experienced, this love that has changed our lives. How do we make his love known? There's lots of different ways, but some of the most simple is invite people. Honestly, there's nothing easier than just say, hey, come to church with me. Come experience what's happening at Lost Floors Church, because the truth is the majority of people that come to know Jesus, they come to know him right here in a church service. They have that experience with him in a church service, so just invite people. And then love people. Love people at home, love people at work, love people while you're driving to work, which tends to be more difficult. Uh, Love the people that you're doing your hobbies with, you're surfing with, hanging out with. Uh, Love your neighbors. Uh, Come join us for the homeless outreach tomorrow night. What a way to love on on people that are less fortunate than us. Uh, Come join us Friday night for the special needs ministry as we give parents a break and we love on these these kids and really loving on the parents. Uh, Those are ways that we can love people. And then be bold about your faith. Now, I'm not saying be obnoxious about your faith. Be bold about your faith. In other words, don't be ashamed of it. Share it. If, if you have this love for Jesus, it should come spilling out of you. And you guys, you guys know I love to surf because I tell you all the time, right? And, and you know I love the Kansas City Chiefs that play this afternoon. And I wasn't even going to mention that, but it just did. And because I, I, it's important to me. And what's important to us comes out, right? And so if, if this love for Jesus is important to us, man, we should be telling people about it. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. We should be bold about our faith. And then we have opportunities all the time as we mature in our faith to teach. We can teach our own children. We can teach our own families, our own friends. We, we can join life groups. We can teach life groups. We can volunteer to help with the kids or the youth because, man, we need people to teach. That's how we make the love of Jesus known. And, and making his love known the other way is, and I know this sounds weird, but to give. We can make his love known by giving our time, by giving our resources, by giving our money like we're doing to faith promise. I mean, we can make his love known by giving. Now, there's a young lady that's part of our church and has spent her whole life as part of this church. And when I think of, of to know 
his love and to make his love known, I think of Bailey Mitchell. And I think, what an example of a, of a young lady growing up in this church. And, and Bailey, you can see her picture. She is 18 years old. And Bailey is about to go into the mission field for the first time. And, and so I feel like she is such an example. And I want her to come up right now. And I'm going to grab another mic for you. Because I want you to meet Bailey and hear from Bailey. You may have noticed the Reeds are over 18, and, and the Joneses are over 18, and here Bailey, Bailey, 18 years old, getting ready to start this, this journey into mission. So Bailey, I'd like you to kind of tell them where you're going and what this is going to look like. Well, I'm going to Oakhurst Yosemite um, for three months, and that's where I'm going to do some training. Um, I chose the mission. Musical tract. I cannot speak, um, and so that's where we'll get tools and learn how God can use music um, to spread God, spread His word. And then I go overseas for three months. I don't know exactly where, but I either can go to Nepal, Japan, Thailand, uh, Lebanon, and somewhere in the Himalayas. Wow, that's amazing. So, so tell us a little bit about your journey. When did you feel this? calling into the mission field? Well, I'm actually a fourth generation uh, missionary. Uh, my mom, my, my dad, um, my great grandparents, my grandparents, and a, a lot of their siblings were all missionaries before them. But my journey actually started when I was eight years old at children's camp. Um, we were in like that little like fire circle thing and we were all sharing like what we wanted to be. And I just felt like this overwhelming presence. Um, and I felt that God was calling me to missions and I actually went to one of the leaders and I just was like, I feel called to missions, I don't know what to do. Um, and then that kind of started my journey from there. I went to um, serve at the local food kitchen. Um, I did Sun Valley a couple times and I've also gone to Haiti. Wow. That is awesome. Well, as a church and as individuals, how can we support you and your mission? Well, financially, um, God has blessed me abundantly through my supporters and also my work um, with the nursery and McDonald's, so I am covered in that category, but definitely prayer, um, and uh, if you want to write letters too, I would love to receive letters, just seeing how everyone's doing. Um, you can also ask my mom for the address uh, for that afterwards. But, yeah. Okay. Okay, and, and you can see up there her Instagram and Facebook account, so you can kind of follow her journey. Yes. You're going to be posting stuff on there, so, so you can write that down, take a picture of it, so you can, you can follow her and be part of it. But what I want to do right now is I want Bailey to come stand right in the middle of us here, and I'm going to have Joan Reed come on up, and she's going to pray, but I'm going to invite all of you as the body, if you are willing come on up and gather around Bailey here. We're going to lay hands on her and just pray for her as we close out our service today. Thank you, Father, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity Bailey has to fulfill the call that you laid on her heart those years ago for all those who have prayed for her, her family, those who ministered to her through the years, her children's workers, team workers, God, and the fruit in her life that's going to be spread. And 
We thank you for the privilege we have of praying over her. Help this, her faith family, to be committed to pray for her every day. God, we pray for your protection. We pray for your anointing. We pray for, she's a wonderful communicator. We know that. She might have had a little glitch this morning, but we know she's a wonderful communicator. You gave her that gift. Help her to communicate well with the people you send her to, Lord, to know the culture, to take time to understand it, to listen, to be a good listener. Help her as she goes for her training to really understand it, to have clarity of mind. And most of all, to spend time alone with you every day. At the beginning of the day, intimacy with you, Lord. And we, you promised, Lord Jesus, the last thing you said, you told us to go and share the good news. But you said, all authority is given to me. We're cashing in on that authority, Lord, for your anointing, your protection. And the best part is you promised that you will go with us. You will go with Bailey. Her parents don't need to worry because you are better than they are at taking care of her. And you had a plan when she was being formed according to Psalm 139 and you're going to be with her. Thank you, God. And we're excited to see how the ministry that, that you're allowing her to be part of bears fruit. And only you can do that, Lord. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray.